Welcome to She Will Lead with host Sheba Wilson. She Will Lead is a podcast that speaks to the heart and soul of women in leadership, the unique challenges we face, and how we can become empowered to overcome them and live every day above defeat. Welcome to another episode of She Will Lead, Live Every Day Above Defeat. Our topic for today's conversation, the real and relevant role of the male in the home, business, and community. The global landscape of the family and traditional gender roles and even biblical gender roles has evolved over the years. We have also experienced some of those changes here in the Turks and Caicos Islands. In 2014, the European Union began a working paper series, which they entitled Families and Societies, Changing Families and Sustainable Societies. An excerpt from the paper reads, the major trends in family structures and their shifts over the past decades are well known. Fertility rates have declined and childbearing occurs later and more often outside marriage. Marriage, too, has been postponed and is more often foregone, and couple relationships, both marital and non-marital ones, have become more fragile. These changes have led to increasingly complex family compositions and to a growing diversity of family forms and relationships over the life course. The new family trends and patterns have been paralleled by changes in gender roles, especially an expansion of the female role to now now include economic provision for a family, and lately also transformation of the male role with more intense family involvement and family responsibilities, especially care for children. We recognize that the family is a dynamic entity with increasing complexity with respect to decision-making processes regarding transitions over the family life course and organization of family life. Indeed, family cannot be described simply as a set of well-defined roles anymore. It is negotiated on a daily basis constructed by interactions between partners at the micro level and influenced by macro structures in the political and economic sphere. Work and family lives increasingly influence each other as both women and men engage in earning as well as caring activities, often reinforced by employment instability and precariousness. Gender relations and related values and attitudes have become more fluid, changing dynamically over the life course in the context of blurring boundaries of family and work life. Our guest for this episode is Draxwell Seymour. He is a professional accountant and has been in that profession since 1991. In April of 1993, Draxwell joined KPMG and stayed with that company company until 1999. During his employment, Draxwell was on secondment with KPMG Ottawa, Canada from October of 1996 until April of 1999. Draxwell joined Cable and Wilers in 1999 and became the first Turks and Caicos Islander to become the financial controller for that company. In 2006, he made another first 
by becoming the first Turks and Caicos Islander to be CEO of Cable and Wireless and remained there until July of 2013. Draxwell has since formed his own accounting firm, HLBTCI Limited, which is one of the fastest growing accounting firms here in the Turks and Caicos Islands. He also has a property management company called Seymour TCI Villas and Properties. However, he believes his real purpose in life is not an accountant, but to inspire, influence, and educate others. He does this through his weekly YouTube videos and his weekly articles published on his website, www.draxwellsema.com. Draxwell is married to the beautiful Joanna, and they have five children, one daughter, and four sons. Apart from his accounting and writing, the remainder of his time is spent with his family raising and grooming their children to become productive citizens in this world. Welcome, Drax, to Shiva Lead. Thank you, Shiva. It's a pleasure to be on your on your show. So I've shared your bio with the audience already. However, I want you to tell us who Draxwell Seymour is. You know, not what what do you not what do you do, but you know what your purpose is and and why you do what you do. Oh, that's a good question. I think um, the person I am is someone that's always trying to encourage others, inspire others, and doing my best to ensure that others um, see what they that they are here for a purpose as well. I mean. Quite frankly, I wish I wish I could help everyone, but obviously we cannot. And and I, I just want to that's that's who I am, just trying to uplift and help each other. I, I, I even put people ahead of my own self. Yes, and, and I can attest to that, you know, and um I've seen the work that you do in your your YouTube channel and your blogging, and I just want to commend you, you know, for dealing even with some of the controversial issues that we face, not just in Turks and Caicos, but on a global level as well. Thank, thank you very much. It's, it's a challenge sometimes dealing with these issues, but you know, some, but somebody has to say something. And even, even, if, even if I stand by myself, you know, someone has to say something. So that's why I do it because sometimes you see things out there in the public domain and, and sometimes there's a lot of errors, um, a lot of untruths, and, um, and I say, no, this can't be somebody got to say something, and that's why I do it as well. Yes. So, Drax, now I know that you're a man of faith. You're a Christian. So how would you define the role of the male, firstly, in the context of the home, and then in the context of work or business life, as well as society and, and your, the community in which uh, a male lives? You know, as a man of faith, I believe in the Bible, which is my um, source of um, daily guide. And based on the Bible, um, the man is the head of the home. And I believe in that. Um, he should lead his home. He should provide for his home. Even if his wife is making more than him, he should still, you know, lead his family. And leading them in devotions, leading them into life challenges and even in strengths guiding them on, on life and the direction and vision for the family 
I also believe that um, the same way the man should lead in the home, he should also lead in the community. Um, at the moment, particularly in the Jackson Davis Islands, you know, we see a reduction in men leading in the community. And I believe that's why there's a breakdown in the community because we have enough men in the community doing their roles. And so I believe that men should take the lead and, and being um, a powerful force in the community out there um, being role models for young men and women so that these individuals will have people to look up to. And when they're about to make any mistakes or if they make mistakes, they will remember the man in the community who they look up to. And, and even before they think about making mistakes, they'll remember their role models. I also think that they should lead in the business area, um, in the workplace as well. Uh, I am nothing against women, uh, but there are some women who are doing a very good job in leading it. But because they um, are um, like not enough men in it, um, there are women who have to take the rules on. And I believe that if, if men are able to do their rightful role, I believe they have less chaos in society. Yeah, so, so you kind of went into my next question to you, which, you know, considering the original intention of, of the male in this, the biblical sense, in the context of biblical principles, you know, do, do you believe that that role is still very much relevant in today's culture? And you can speak from both a local as well as a global perspective. I believe, you know, the role is still relevant. Um, of course, you know, things have changed now. Um, in the past, a lot of times, you know, we, you know, our grandparents, perhaps, you know, the man went out and worked and the woman stayed home and, and um, became the housewife. And, and now, today, you know, people are, educating themselves, men and women. And so they, and they're both husband and wife, boyfriend and girlfriend, they're working. And so there's no need for them to stay home. And so things have changed. However, despite the fact that, you know, times have changed, I believe we should still um, revert to the basic tradition of man leading um, in all aspects of life. However, as I mentioned earlier, this may not be the case because some men are not doing their role and some women have to do it. And then some women are doing it too because they have empowered themselves, they're educated, and rather than staying home, um, they will um, have done that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that when you, when you speak about, you know, the empowerment of women and women now taking on other roles outside of the home. It's not, you know, the traditional family in the sense of what we're accustomed to with mothers being stay-at-home moms and, and raising children while fathers went out to earn a living and, and to be able to provide financially for, for the family. So in today's society, we're seeing more and more that even when it is a two-parent home, that women now have a place outside of, of the the contacts or the confines of the family and they are working 
And so both parents are working. And what, what we find is that they're then in some cases and not all, in some cases, because of the absence of, of the mother within the home, uh, raising the children without the pressures of, of uh, a career, you would find somewhat of a breakdown in the family structure. And then the flip side to that is like you mentioned, that we have um, men who, for whatever reason, may not be in the home. Or if they are in the home, even in cases where they are in the home, there are some family structures where men are not stepping into the fullness of their, their role of leadership in the home. And so you have, for those reasons, sort of a breakdown in, in the, the uh, family structure, which then leads to a breakdown in the society. Because let's face it, the family is the bedrock of society. So when you think of that, you know, what do you believe we should be doing to, to kind of um, correct what we're seeing? And, and we can speak about, you know, the situation here in Turks and Caicos because we do know that we're, we're experiencing some social ills as a result of a breakdown in the family structure. So when we think about that, just putting it into context, what do you think we can be doing as a society to get back to basics in terms of raising productive members of society? You know, I, that's a good question. Again, I, I believe that um, even having a, a show like what you're having is a start. I believe we, we need to, too many of us are selfish. We only think about ourselves. We see the issues. We complain about the issues. So I believe that we know the problem is and those that know the problem, I think we should have more um, forums um, with men um, in the community, and not just once a year. I mean, regularly, um, every month or every week, uh, we have men's ministry, and a lot of churches is not even active. You know, we meet, you know, but then when we meet, are we making a difference? We need to have some, we invite other men, bring all the men together from different churches. Uh, we need to go to the schools and, and speak to the young men, um, the young boys. Um, and, and we as ourselves, we need to lead by example in the, in the community. You know, we say one thing, but sometimes we don't act what we say we should do. Mm-hmm. And so we need to bring the men together. We need to bring the family together. It's not just man by itself. You know, the men also need the women on their side. They need to bring, and they need to understand their responsibilities. Uh, men need to know that part of the issue that we have in this country, in the world, is because they're not taking their rightful place. They need to accept that responsibility. And if they accept that responsibility, they want to make a difference. And hopefully they will, you know, get from where they are and move up and, and, and do their part in making um, a difference. I think we need to bring the men together. And do it on a on a regular basis, either through firms, either through um, the church um, ministry groups. I know some people don't go to church or, or any other organization because it's a there's a, a breakdown in society, and I believe it goes back to because men are not doing their rightful role in society. I mean, the number of clubs in society. We have the Quranists. We, we could even use those clubs to talk about these issues and. 
And not only talk about it, but have it kind of advance how we could make a difference. Yeah, you know, and just hearing you talk about it, it reminds me of, um, I have two, two brothers. And I remember oh, okay. when we were growing up, you know, I, can, I come from a single parent home. And so there wasn't a male presence within the home. But I do recall that there were men who were a part of our church ministry that kind of stepped in and played that fatherly role, particularly in the lives of, of my brothers. And I, I remember in particular, uh, Brother Percy Williams, God rest his soul. Um, and unfortunately, you know, he, the, the manner in which he, he left this earth, you know, it's as a result of some of the very issues that we're talking about today. And, and that's very unfortunate, but I do recall him playing a really important role in the life of, of my brother Xavier. You know, he, he took him and, and taught him heavy machinery and really spent time with him and showed him what it meant to be a man and, and what a father was to be to a son. And I just find that in today's society, our focus has shifted so much towards gaining wealth and, and being successful in the, the sense of material possessions that we've lost our way in terms of the importance of developing people, the importance of ensuring that we build a, a strong society through, through uh, mentorship. And I find that mentorship is really lacking particularly here in Turks and Caicos with our young men. So what, what happens is a lot of times men who are on the wrong path and who are leading a life of crime prey on younger men because they know that they're looking for attention. They know that they're looking for leadership, really. And so they take uh, that opportunity to, to play on their vulnerability. And what, what we see is that men who have something that is positive to offer, they're not stepping up to the plate and being mentors to children outside of their homes. How do you think we can get that message across? How do, how do we get through to men to help them to see that they have a, a role to play within the society that's larger than just their home base? you know, the role of mentorship and being a father figure in the lives of fatherless children. You, you spoke a little bit about using organizations. Can you, can you think about what, what we can do in terms of getting the, the men to recognize that that is a role that they need to play? I, I think some men are doing it, but I think some of them are not making, a, making it a public um, um, forum. Um, some people let the world know what they're doing. I believe there's some men who are really out there who are mentors for some young guys. And I think a lot of people who are consumed with wealth, they're so busy probably preparing, you know, or trying to enhance their wealth that they don't have, that, that they don't have any time. Not that they don't want to. I believe they're so busy, you know, trying to, to make more money. But especially right now in Texas and Caicos, where we continue to have crimes, you know, we already have 21 murders for the year and most of this involve young people. At some point we need to wake up and realize there's a problem with the young people. And one of those problems is a decline in the in family. And decline in family because of lack of, of 
of male and, 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 and family. A lot of a lot of single homes, women raising children or men raising children. And so we need to identify someone or some people who will come together, reach out to men who they think can make a difference, bring them together. And those men who are not even making a difference, bring them together as well and and um, and ensure that um, the message is out there. We have a problem. The problem is us. We need to be role models for these young guys. We need to be role models for our family. We need to leave a legacy behind. And then until that happens, you know, no, you know, I believe, I believe people will recognize that nobody wants to be in a place where where there's chaos. Uh, otherwise, we're going to leave the country. You know, we we need to try, you know, resolve the issue. And this is one way we can do it: bring them together, have some independent people whether it's through a, a, a private charitable organization or a church, bring them together. That's what I believe we could do. Yeah, I, I quite agree. And, you know, something that you said stuck out there um, when you talked about not just to, uh, to being mentors to the young men, but also, you know, older men too, because I think a part of the problem is that there is a breakdown that you know, you went from one generation to another where there was the absence of a father figure. And so some some men who are fathers have not been taught how to actually be fathers. And so it, it just creates an ongoing challenge. And so when you said that, you know, that kind of stuck out to me that maybe that is the place where we start. You know, we start with training fathers to be fathers. And and maybe that that just Hearing you say that maybe that is is the starting point for us. Would would you agree that maybe that's where we need to initially focus our energies? I agree. I, I, I absolutely agree with you, Shiva. Absolutely. Not anything to that. I absolutely agree. Yeah. So let's talk a bit about you know, and I think you touched on it slightly earlier. Talk a bit about you know, in Turks and Caicos, women have really started to progress in the sense that they hold key positions in, in, in our country. We have a deputy governor that's female. We have uh, attorney general that's female. The leader of our country, the premier is female. We have a number of women in parliament. We have a number of, of executives in corporations that are female. So we it may appear that you know we don't really have a challenge in terms of women being given opportunities to to take on roles that uh, in in years past might have been held by men. So there seems to be more gender equality in Turks and Caicos in comparison with even um, uh, first world nations, much larger nations than ours. When I think about that, and I I, I the late uh, pioneering Chief Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she said. You know, women should have a space and a voice in all places where decisions are being made. They should be the norm and not the exception. When I personally hear those words, I think of how men play a huge part in making that a reality in all sectors of society, in, in the home, and business, and in the community. You're a husband, you know, to an entrepreneur. You, you are also an entrepreneur yourself and a father. What are your thoughts on women in or 
and leadership and how males in leadership create balance or gender equality? You know, I believe that there's room for everyone, a man and woman. Quite frankly, um, even though I mentioned earlier that men should lead in community and lead in uh, the business and the church, and you know, it doesn't mean that women can't lead either. In fact, women are leading, and and I don't see people as I don't see people as gender. I see people as the position. For example, our our premier is a is a is a female. I see as the premier. I don't look at it and say, oh, she's a woman. You know, as the deputy governor is a is a woman. I don't look at it and say, oh, she's a woman. I look at it as a deputy governor. I think there's too much emphasis on women versus men, and I, I think there's too much emphasis on that. And personally, I don't even think that we, you know, that that should be a, an issue. I I think, quite frankly, I believe later in the late in life, the way things continue in Turks and Caicos, you will find that men will be saying that um, this inequality because you'll find the women uh, in most of the key positions in, in, in the country. I, I think that to answer your question, I think there's, there's room for women and men, but I believe that men, you know, need to, you know, buckle up their shoes and 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 do what they were um, born to do. But if they're not going to do what they're going to do, then women will take the role. I, at the same time, though, if there's a position available whether it's in the church, whether it's in the workplace. And a woman is qualified for the job and she should get it. You know, whoever's qualified position should get it, whether they're man or woman. But at the same time, I still encourage men to, you know, take up the right position. But they shouldn't be in charge if, they, if they're not qualified for it. Yeah, you, you raised quite an interesting point because, you know, and I hadn't thought of it earlier, but you're right. When we look at the numbers and the and the, the continuous increase in women in in most leadership roles in our country, it could then create the flip side of the coin, which is a gender equality issue for men. You know, I had a very interesting conversation not so long ago with with my fourteen year old daughter, who said to me that. What do we need men for? Like, you know, you can even have children without a man these days. <laughs> and I had to, you know, have a convers- serious conversation with her about the importance of the role of men and explain to her, you know, I'm, I'm a widow. You know, my husband passed five years ago and I, I don't want to have to do this alone. I don't want to raise my children alone. If I had a choice in the matter, I definitely would prefer to have my husband and raise my children in a two-parent home and have have him as the head of my home. That would be my preference. But we're we're starting to see the the narrative shift and and perspective shift so much so that feminism has changed from being a tool to create equal opportunity for women more so to a move towards women now feeling as if there's no need for men. And I quite disagree with that. I believe that there's a place for both. I believe that the way that we were created, the way that God created us, he did um, create us to to have partnership and companionship with the opposite sex. He created us to procreate. And so the whole 
nature of, of the way that God created us says that there is a place for both roles. And my fear is that if we continue to see that trend of thinking, we definitely will find ourselves uh, having a gender bias and inequality issue for, for the male in society. So today we're discussing it from, from um, a place of the, the female, but you're right. You're absolutely correct that we may be headed there if we don't create some balance. So, so uh, you know, Drax, the, the world first saw a progressive wave or rise in feminism in the, the mid-1800s. And then a second uh, wave happened in, in the early 1960s in the U.S. So how would you define feminism as you see it today? And is it a negative or a positive thing? You know, feminism to me is women advocating for um, equal rights as a man. Um, some people may take it to a different level, but that's what I see as feminism. They, they believe they should have the same rights as men and they shouldn't have to, you know, um, be discriminated. They shouldn't be discriminated against. Um, it could be a good thing because all men and women are equal. It's good. And if you're qualified, you should be entitled to the same paycheck as a man. You should be entitled to the same rule as a man if you're qualified for the job. I don't believe you should just have a job just saying you say you want to have a balance. Okay, you can have a woman here because we got too much man. I don't believe that should be the case. I think you should have the best people with you, mm-hmm. whether they're men or or women. Now it could be negative because you know, sometimes it could be taken to an extreme level. Extreme in that um, you might be a, in a case where there's only men in, in, the, in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And, and they might be the ones who are qualified. But because there's no women, we put women there who are not qualified. It's just an example. I'm questioning that. I'm not yes. in the case. And then you might have people even in politics. You may say, well, we are all men when we need a woman. And so it could be negative because you may end up just putting people in positions because of the agenda, you know, and, and that could be negative in a way. I think at the end of the day, what matters should be um, quali- qualifications. If they're not qualified, then put them in a position where they can understudy someone and, um, and then eventually they become qualified for the post. Yeah, I, I have to say that I share your view in that regard. You know, I always say that For me, I see people as people. I look at the value that the individual brings. And, you know, the the gender isn't, you know, important to me. But that's that's just my viewpoint. For someone else, they may see it differently. I I always feel as if race, gender, uh, you know, those, those things shouldn't have a bearing on whether or not I get an opportunity. It shouldn't have a bearing on whether or not I am afforded an opportunity for which I'm qualified. And I, I'm seeing globally, you know, that most companies are now employing um, DNI specialists, you know, diversity and inclusion specialists. So persons that are tasked with making sure that there's a balance in numbers 
and and in terms of policies with regard to things like uh, gender and race and sexual orientation to ensure that persons are not treated unfairly or uh, that there isn't um, policies that would stop people that fall into any of those those uh, classes, for lack of a, a better word, um, from being given opportunities for which they are qualified. But sometimes the flip side of that is that the very policies that you're trying to create to protect can also create other biases and, and issues because, like you said, you may end up with persons that may not necessarily have the most value to bring, uh, but because they they meet uh, criteria in terms of one of those those things, race or gender, um, you end up hiring just to meet a number for diversity uh, versus hiring the best person, the person that brings the most value to the organization. So how do you believe that if we continue in that way, how do you believe that would impact, you know, society and, and companies, the business, you know, how, how do you believe that would have an impact? You know, I I don't think, you know, the thing is we don't want to set up people to fail. We can never have people in roles just because of their because of their gender. It, it's gonna it, it will fail. Okay, we need to in order to avoid any negative impact, we need to make sure that that Women and men are trained in the area that they want to be trained, and that they're given an opportunity to work. Um, I don't think um, we should deny anyone who is qualified for a job. I think the good thing about Jackson Davis, I may be wrong, I don't think we have a gender inequality issue in Jackson Davis, based on my experience. I don't think we do. I think the problem we have is is locals versus expats. You may find People coming here um, who are making more than the locals, and there's some locals who are qualified. I believe that's a problem. So that's that's the issue we have. I don't think the issue we have is men and women in the wrong roles. I think the issue we have is that we have local men and women who are not given opportunity to participate in the workforce the same as an expat. They are not given opportunity. They're either underqualified or they're overqualified, and they're not even even if they're qualified, they find all sorts of stuff not to employ them. And if they employ them, they don't pay them. They pay them less. I think that's the issue we have. That's creating a lot of impact in in, in our country. Yeah, I I do agree that you know over the years we've we've seen that 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 issue has persisted. Uh, but even in my conversations with expatriate females, they there is still the, the feeling that they don't receive the same uh, either perks, benefits, or compensation for roles of sim- similar nature. Um, even the expatriates feel that way in my conversations with, with ex, um, executive level or management level expatriate females, they feel as if their male counterparts are paid better than they are. So I believe that, yes, we do. We do have a disparity in pay 
Uh, we also have a lot of underemployment as a result of, of a bias against uh, locals and also, you know, disparity in pay. There's not equal pay to some degree um, as a bias in terms of gender. And these are things that can be fixed, you know, but for whatever reason, I don't think that we have passed legislation to, to address it. And even in, in the times where we have passed legislation, um, I think there's a lack of enforcement. And that seems to be an ongoing challenge for us within the Turks and Caicos Islands, um, enforcement of, of laws on the books, already on the books. Um, what, how do you feel about that? Um, I agree with you. Um, enforcement is a, it's a big issue. I, I believe that um, anyone that, you know, has a business in a country um, is benefiting, they're here because they're benefiting, whether it's locals or expats. And I believe if you're benefiting in a country, then the people of the country, you know, should benefit as well. And so part of our role should be to ensure that we're able to help our people, the residents of that, the citizens of that country, by recruiting them and employing them and, and giving them opportunity. Now, at the same time, we want to make sure that, you know, that, you know, we do, that the locals who are in the position, they do the best they can. We don't want people saying, oh, you know, we hire locals, but they're not doing well, you know. Now, I'm surprised to hear you say that, you know, some women expats feel that they're getting paid um, less um, than the men. I'm surprised to hear that. Maybe it's, maybe it's not in my circle. I'm not aware of that, but you've had those conversations. Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting, you know, when you have another conversation with them, find out from them whether they, as women expats, are getting paid more than women locals and see what they would say about that as well. That'd be interesting to know as well. Yeah, I, and maybe I should have asked that question in the times that, um, you know, I've had those conversations, but I think I knew the answer, so I never bothered to ask. So, you know, there's, there are varying degrees of biases um, with regard to this particular issue, but I definitely will the next time uh, that conversation comes up, I will definitely ask for their opinion on, on, on that particular part of the issue. So, you know, we're talking about the real and relevant role of men in society. And I, I shared earlier um, an excerpt from a UE paper, uh, EU paper, sorry, on families and sustainable societies. And a portion of that talks about um, that there are parallels in gender roles and that there are no longer any clearly defined gender roles, but roles are now negotiated and constructed by interactions between both parties within in the home on a daily basis. Do you see any truth in that statement? And if you do, why? Um, repeat that again for me, Chiva. Repeat that again. So the, the paper is basically saying that there's, there's no longer any clearly defined gender roles within the home, that the roles are now negotiated by the male and the female in the home based on, you know, what their situation is within within their family structure. So would you say that there's any truth to that statement? And oh, so, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I yes, there's truth to that statement. Um, in terms of because what happened now is that, you know, I mentioned I think at the beginning of this interview, you know, men and women are both, you know, working. Um and you'll find in some cases the women are out there working long hours than the men. Mm-hmm. And and so you have these rules, traditional rules. The traditional rules is that, you know, we ex- you know, women are expected that they prepare the meals, um, wash the clothes, take care of the children. That's what the traditional rules. Mm-hmm. That has been changed because women now are in positions, key positions, um, and their husbands or, or boyfriends are, are not in a key position as them. And so you might, they might reach home um, before the women. And so the rules change. By the end of the day, to be honest with you, um, it depends on what the rule is. I believe that the man should, despite, despite it, the man should still be the lead role. But that doesn't mean the man can't wash dishes, the man can't um, cook, and the man, you know, can't take care of the children homework. I don't think there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with men doing that. That's that's something that was that was passed on from generation to generation. Yes. Um, so those roles will change depending on the individual in in in, in, the, in the workplace. But but what should not change is the role of leadership of man in the home. That doesn't mean he doesn't have to to do those things. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with doing those things. I think that's great that you can do those things to help your wife. Your wife doesn't have to be doing all those things all the time, especially if she's the one working, making more money, and mm-hmm. she's out there and you are home, then it needs to be done. Do it. Yes, I, I agree. And I think each family will have to determine, you know, how best to manage the activities of the home. Um, and I think that's where the confusion lies, really, because we're looking at activities and assigning um, or attaching it to roles. You know, those are activities that manage the home, that, that assist in the raising of children and the management of the home. But they, they don't have to be gender defined. But what you're mentioning is what actually is gender defined in, in the biblical context is that, you know, the man is the head of the home and the leader of the home and the woman is his support and, and his help. And so that calls for collaboration. It calls for conversation and determining who will do what and how we'll manage that. And I think sometimes we, we misquote scripture and we confuse what what is the intent behind uh, the yes. structure of the home? Yes. Yeah. So you know, having had this discussion today, now, Drex, I'm, I'm going to ask you this final question before I give you an opportunity to talk a, a bit about you know what you're doing and um, to share your information with the audience. What do you envision when you think about the male responsibility? in the present and the future in Turks and Caicos Islands? What is your vision when you think about the responsibility of the male? What do you want to see uh, today as well as in the future? Well, what I want to see today um, will be the same thing I want to see in the future. Um, I know 
today it will take a while for it to be you know manifested uh, but I want to see men um, in the right positions I want to see them you know leading by example I want to see men um, with one woman um, I don't want to see a man with multiple women it's, it's not it's not good for society it's not it's not good it's not a good legacy for our children it's not a good legacy for the country one woman. You know, we have men with three and four women. That's that should, and it's accepted by some people because women are. It's obviously accepted because some women are aware that men have more than one woman and they're still with them. So I would like to see that that change where they have they're committed to to one woman at a time. Now, sometimes marriages don't work out. That's different. If you go through a divorce, those things happen. I'm not talking about being married more than once. That's totally different. I'm talking about being in a relationship with more than one person at the same time. I'd like to see that change. I would like to see um, men more involved in, in community um, events. You know, most times we have community events. The women are leading. You know, uh, I would like to see men more involved in, 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 in the church. Um, men more involved in, in sporting. We, we have a lot of... Um, um, sporting activities in Miami. To tell you the truth, I know a lot of times we complain about expatriates. One thing I can see is they volunteer a lot of their time in sports. My kids go to the football, and they're not, they're very few locals. I may be wrong, but what I see, they're very few locals who are out there as coaches and helping them out. And I think more of us need to do that. Uh, I'm not a sports person, so you might not find me doing that. But I, those who have, a lot of times we just want to do things and get paid for it. There are a lot of people out here who are volunteering their time without any pay because they are committed, they enjoy what they do, and they want to make a difference. A lot of times we just want to get paid. And so I want to see us more involved in, 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 in sports. Um, I think, you know, us, we have so much great athletes in this country. But uh, we have failed because we wait until once a year for events. If we could get more involved and have these things all year round, it'll make a difference. You know, I, I, I want to see men in, in some key positions in, in the workplace and in, even, in, even in government. Um, you know, just to show people that, you know, this, you know, it's not just women, it's men as well. And I'm not, I have nothing against women, I admire those women. I'm mindful for what they're doing. Because somebody got to do the job. We can't blame them. And that's what I like to see men doing today and men doing in the future. And to have men, and also men and their wife or girlfriend on their side doing things um, um, together as a, as a, as a family. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now, Drax, I want to give you an opportunity to share with our listeners you know you 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 mentioned to me once about how passionate you are about the stuff that you do outside of of your your role um in your organization all of the recordings that you do and the interviews and you talk when you talked about it your eyes lit up <laughs> and i could tell that you were so excited about it share with us a bit about the work that you're doing and how you know how people can find you, you know, share that information with all listeners. 
Oh, thank you very much for this opportunity, Shiva. So I have a website, um, www.drexwellseymour.com. I write um, two articles a week. I write, on Mondays, I write a community article. Um, and on Wednesdays, I write a Christian article. And I publish it on my website. And it eventually goes to Facebook. And then I also have a YouTube. Um, I release videos on a weekly basis on Fridays or sometimes Saturdays. And tell you the truth, I, I, I like this more than I like my job. I just love what I do. Uh, but of course, I have to work my nine to five job that's the one that pays me and I get paid for for the YouTubes and I in fact I I pay out because I have to pay yes. someone to do the videos for me and I have to pay to maintain my website. But I just love what I do. But I finally feel like I know my purpose and that's to inspire, to you know educate and to influence people. And I do that through the YouTubes and through um the um the written um, articles. And so far, I mean, as of today, of this recording, I'm almost 1,000 YouTube subscribers. I'm at 996, so I'm excited. You know, to get 1,000 awesome. is a lot of work, but I'm excited, yeah. you know, to, to get to, to get 1,000. A lot of people are breaking about 100,000 and 1 million, but to get 1,000 to me, it's, 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 it's a great achievement, a milestone for me. Yes, I quite agree. And I, I you know what, Drax, a hundred thousand is not far fetched either. Yeah. You you'll get the thousand and one day you may be here saying, you know, I'm I'm two away from a hundred thousand. Yeah. So true. I look forward to that day. I do enjoy reading your articles and listening to the interviews on your YouTube uh channel and thank you also for having me on, on your YouTube channel uh last week. So um, I wish you all the best with that. And I know that you're truly passionate about it. And I believe you're within your purpose and making a huge difference. And of course, influencing uh, those persons that are able to listen in. And I, I just want you to continue doing what you're doing because it is having a profound impact. Okay. So that is it for us today on She Will Lead. And thank you once again, Draxwell Seymour, for being our guest. And audience, remember to live every day above defeat. Until next time. Thank you for joining me for today's episode of She Will Lead. Live every day above defeat. Follow me on Instagram at Sheba L. Wilson. Facebook, Sheba Wilson, and LinkedIn at Sheba Wilson for more content on females in leadership and so much more.